Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. What is now? On ESPN Radio. Little childish Gambino for you on the way back here on your Wednesday. Last day of the week for us. We're off the next two days. We'll have some stuff rolling for you here during your afternoon drive time. But I'm on my way out the door. It's Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas now here on ESPN Radio. SWX by Tad Television and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for uh, spending time with us at any time that you do. You missed anything in the first hour of the show. Talked some live tour. We talked uh, some Duncan Hamilton and the NCAA National Track and Field Championships that begin today. We heard from Chantel Yeager, who's the head coach of the Bozeman Gallatin High School Track and Field Program. We also highlighted some of the best of the best from around Missoula from the uh, state championship weekend that wrapped up spring sports uh, across the high school level. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications. Helping you and your small business, visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, I was downtown today, walked by the M Store. They got a big T-shirt sale going on, so you're going to get any and all your Grizz tees down there for a pretty darn good deal. So go check out the M Store, corner of Broadway and Higgins. The New Orleans Now podcast, also presented by the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. If you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com or by using the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line, and that's the number you're going to want to use, 888-1029. To win some wings here in about, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes. Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That's coming up about 5.30, so stay tuned for that as well. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. Last couple days, we've been going through the most memorable and the most impressive moments from each sport within each season. From the calendar year that was, this is everything in Montana, high school and college sports. And uh, we did all of the fall sports. We've done most of the spring sports. The ones we didn't do were football, 
for both the high school and college level, and for um, basketball for both the high school and college level. Quickly, just to finish up the spring ones, and then I'll bring Andrew Houghton in to, to conversate with us. Uh, we talked about baseball. Certainly, Polson Pirates have the most memorable and impressive moment uh, of the high school baseball season as the first-ever state champions. Uh, Espen Fisher's complete game in the state championship game, certainly one of the most uh, impressive performances. On the tennis level, we talked about Bozeman, uh, Hellgate ba- breaking Bozeman, excuse me, a streak of 10 straight state titles. That's certainly a memorable memorable one. The uh, the decimation of injuries by the Montana State men's tennis team also uh, pretty unforgettable because they had to cancel a large portion of their season because they were so shorthanded. So that's certainly uh, a memorable one that's worth forgetting. Uh, and then the most impressive moment from the high school tennis season, three straight state titles for Dylan Taylor uh, of Missoula Loyola. On the uh, softball note, most memorable, I'd say Columbia Falls winning their first uh, ever state championship in high school softball and our most impressive moment from high school softball 191 pitches in a single day 33 innings in one weekend for Ella Farrell of Kalispell Glacier she pitched all but one inning as Kalispell Glacier won the class AA state championship my uh, track and field moments uh, I got a couple most memorable a couple most impressive most memorable I'd say Logan Todorovich of Helena High breaking the the uh, all class state record in the long jump. That's a, just a monstrous jump for a for a high school gal, and and Todorovich is only a junior, so incredibly impressive to be able to go 19 feet four and a half inches, and still have another year of high school track coming up. Uh, the Helena High uh, star is certainly on her way to to great things in the wide world of track and field. The other most memorable is just Duncan Hamilton and what he's represented uh, for the state of Montana at Montana State. And his ability to truly be a national championship caliber athlete, I think it's been fun for everybody to, to follow along with. Most impressive track and field accomplishments, I got two for the girls and one for the boys. Three Class C records in one weekend for Taylor Chirik of Roberts High School. Uh, she was unbelievable and unstoppable uh, at the Class C meet. And then the three gold medals that were won by Olivia Lewis of Corvallis, that was certainly pivotal as well to help boost the uh, Blue Devils girls track team to their eighth overall Class A state title. My one for the boys is Weston Brown. Bozeman High School, he shatters the all-class state record uh, in the mile. Uh, Really, really impressive. I mean, a a mark that's going to be hard to beat. Our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, a wonderful place to gather with both family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Full drink menu, early and late happy hours. Go check them out there on the south side of Missoula, Paradise Falls. 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We'll start with basketball. And we'll start with prep basketball uh, on the girls' side. Most memorable moment for me uh, is the the Haver girls winning their fourth uh, Class AA, or excuse me, Class A title in the last five years, including their third straight Really, really impressive for Dustin Kraske and his crew. They got a bona fide dynasty up there uh, with Haver. Most impressive moment from high school girls basketball season. I thought the most impressive individual duel I saw was in the Class B tournament. It was before the state championship game. It was too bad these teams got lined up on the the same side of the bracket. But Huntley Project has an outstanding young guard in Paige Loffling. She was a sophomore, going to be a junior this upcoming year. And then... uh, 
Big Fork has a couple really impressive players, the Gunlock sisters, led by Braden Gunlock, who's also going into her junior year. So a lot of duels coming up between Laughling and the older Gunlock sister, I think, I would predict. But watching those two young ladies just put on an offensive uh, showcase at the Class B tournament. Uh, Blake Hempstead, our our good buddy and contributing photographer at Skyline Sports, also a friend of the show, he um, talked effusively about this. When we were recapping the, the state basketball championships from the Class B level, Blake was on the, the radio and, and, t- and streaming call for the, uh, the NFHS throughout the Class B tournament. So he had a first-hand uh, you know, front-row seat to, to watch Paige Laughling uh, and Braden Gunlock duel it out. And that's going to be a fun rivalry to watch. Those are going to be a couple of players that are really fun to watch. I think they're both Division I caliber already as sophomores. And if you don't believe me, I mean, check out, when you go to their games, there's college coaches in the stands, so I, I, they're definitely getting recruited for sure. But I thought that uh, high school girls basketball this year was great. Uh, there was no double-A moment that really stood out because the double-A was so wide open and it sort of did, went in such a, a crazy fashion, and then Billings West ends up speeding Kalispell Flathead in the championship game. A lot of people was, thought it was going to be uh, Billing Skyview and Missoula Hellgate that were showing down there, but instead those two teams played for third and fourth place. So double um, A just being super wide open is, is why that they're not a part of this little conversation, but there were still plenty of memorable moments from uh, the world of class double A basketball. How about uh, high school uh, boys basketball? My most memorable moment is the Fergus County Golden Eagles going undefeated in uh, Class A and winning the Class A state title to lose on a buzzer beater in the state championship game like Lewistown did in Missoula to Dougie Peoples and and, uh, the Butte Central Maroons and then to rally all the way back and have the narrative around the state in the basketball world be centered upon a potential rematch, a collision course. You know, Lewistown and, and Butte Central going at it and then Lewistown plays Butte Central early on, second game of the year, and they take it to them. And so they sort of establish themselves as this front runner. And then to, to carry the day and get all the way to the state championship game, and then Billings, or excuse me, Butte Central's not sitting on the other side. Instead, it's Dylan who knocked out Butte Central. And then for Lewistown to then finish the deal, uh, really, really, really impressive. It was, a, it was a banner year, literally and figuratively there at Fergus County High School. Uh, in boys' sports, and uh, an impressive to be able to go undefeated. Speaking of that, Royce Robinson, who was our Vertical Rays and ESPN MT Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year, he was the the top senior there at Lewistown. He had been committed to Carroll College. Well, we talked yesterday on the show about how Kurt Paulson had resigned at Carroll College and how that might open up some new recruiting opportunities both for Frontier Conference teams and for players that were committed to Carroll College. Well, Royce Robinson tweeted yesterday that he is, in fact, reopening his recruitment. So Royce Robinson back on the market. So we'll see uh, where he ends up, but he is certainly one of the best players in the state of Montana and would be a big pawn uh, if he went somewhere else. The other most memorable moment I have from boys' high school hoops is Missoula Loyola winning their first ever Class B state championship. you got to feel so good for Scott Anderson, the head coach there at Missoula Loyola. He's done this for such a long time. Uh, It was actually crazy to me to to read that, that Loyola had never won a state championship. They've been in the mix. They've been in the state tournament. They've had teams that were really, really good, but they've never been able to put three wins in a row together until this year. And uh, 
It's a great story. I mean, Coach Anderson was there for a quarter century, and then he retired and wasn't coaching for a really long time. Comes out of retirement basically to coach the kids of his former players that he coached back in the day. Uh, so a, a cool story, and you got to feel good for a guy that's given so much time to high school sports here in Missoula uh, to to have his uh, to have it all pay off to, to to get a chance to to hang one of those class uh, B state championship banners. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, and then my most impressive boys basketball memory from the high school season was Connor Dick, and it, that was also a very memorable moment. That could have been both both memorable and impressive. Connor Dick was uh, virtuoso in the Class AA State Championship game. He scored 28 points. He made all the right decisions. He was fluid and confident and controlled the game from start to finish, and he leads Hellgate to a 20-plus point victory uh, in the state title game over Billings West. And uh, Hellgate gets their first outright state title in about 10 years. Nuanas Dow, ESPN uh, Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Most impressive and most memorable moments uh, of the both high school and college football and basketball seasons. We'll bring Andrew Houghton in here here in just a minute uh, to talk some of the college stuff. Uh, He spent so much of his time as a reporter covering the college stuff, so we'll get through the high school stuff here, uh, and then we'll get into the college stuff in a discussion with Andrew. So appreciate Paradise Falls for uh, supporting the ESPN Roundtable and appreciate you for tuning in here uh, on your Wednesday. Most memorable uh, football high school memory? I should have done this in, in different order because it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the, the boys' basketball program there at Lewistown. But for for the, the Golden Eagles to have a couple members of their team pass away in a horrible car accident during the 2021 playoffs... And then to, to surge all the way to the Final Four, one of the great runs in, in school history to that point in Class A. And they get knocked off in the playoffs, but then return a, a good core and come back and go undefeated wire to wire and then accentuate that with an undefeated run in basketball. It's been since 2006 that a high school of any size, any classification, went undefeated in both football and boys basketball. The last time that happened before Lewistown did it this year, Dylan did it back in 2006. So it's a, a rare occasion for sure. And I think that for Lewistown to do that, period, but, but for them to do that with that same group of boys and the ones that lost their friends, it's uh, heart-wrenching and also just amazingly impressive. So uh, what a year. What a, what a great year for the uh, Lewistown uh, boys, both football and boys basketball teams. My most impressive football uh, performance of the year from last fall, I'm going with the Florence Carlton Falcons. They went, uh, they they won a second straight state championship. They bounced back from having their winning streak snapped. They they won, they went undefeated two years ago, and then they won a whole bunch of games to start out this year. Then they stubbed their toe, but they get back on track and they cruise. I shouldn't say cruise, but they surge all the way to a. Second straight state championship. They drill their rival Loyola in the chipper. The fact that Loyola got to the chipper was also a great story and a really impressive run as well. But um, it, it's really hard to go back to back, especially when you know you have a great quarterback in Pat Duchesne Jr., who's headed to Montana State, but he lost all of his premier skill players coming out of that state title year, and, and they didn't miss a beat. They put way more pressure on him. 
He had to run the ball a lot more, and uh, he handled it with with great success and uh, earned himself a Division One opportunity. So pretty cool for uh, Class B school down there in the Bitterroot Valley, the Florence Carlton Falcons and their ability to go back to back. Uh, that was my most impressive prep football memory of this last calendar year. Thanks so much for tuning in to Nuanas Now. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Paradise Falls has been an institution of Missoula for more than 30 years. They have a very diverse menu, so it's a great place to go with family and friends alike because you're not going to have to or- argue about what you order because there's just so many different things on the menu that you can order, a variety of different genres of food, and it's just one of the most expansive and creative menus in Missoula. Go check out Paradise Falls, located at 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We're bringing Andrew now. Um, I left these ones open-ended because I wanted to just kind of hash it out. I have my thoughts when it comes to college hoops, but how about for you? What what were the most uh, memorable and most impressive college hoops memories from this, uh, this last year for you? Do you, I mean, do you want to start men's or women's? Uh, you could go whatever you want, whatever direction you want to take it. Well, I think that for for men's college hoops, I think both of those moments probably have to involve Raekwon Battle. Okay. Be, being both memorable and impressive. Yep. And I'm thinking back to uh, the, the alley-oop dunk that sort of ended that multiple overtime slog in the conference tournament. Against Weber State. Against yep. Weber State, which was sort of... Um, the one moment that redeemed what was a, a, just a morass of a game. <laughs> we were sitting there like dying. We love basketball. But when basketball games tip at 935 and then they're in double overtime and the total score is like 110 total points, uh, you're, you're tired. You're, you're, re- you're ready for some sleepy time. So uh, certainly a challenge. But uh, we all thanked Raekwon Battle for his uh, his game winning dunk because that certainly uh, it ended uh, what was a, a trying evening of, of basketball coverage. Yeah, I'm also thinking back to uh, his dunk in the I think it was in the the conference championship game against Northern Arizona that you wrote about in that profile of him that appeared on Skyline Sports where he he beats the guy to the loose ball and it yeah. looks like he takes about three steps from half court makes up the angle completely, picks up the loose ball, and, and swoops in for the dunk. Just for pure uh, moments, those would be high up there for me. Here's here's one that I'm going to remember for a long time. I don't think I'm ever going to forget sitting in here and watching the Frontier Conference Championship game mm-hmm. on SWX mm-hmm. late, at, late at work one night, which ended up... Montana Tech 103, Providence 95. It's a great game. And I don't th- I, I'm never going to forget staring up at the TV and seeing that it was like 60 to 50-something at halftime uh, and then watching the rest of that game. I mean, that game finished. Both of those teams were nearly in double digits. The high scorer for that game individually only had 23. It was just a, a crazy pace, a lot of guys making contributions. So that's a little low-key one that I'm, I'm probably not going to forget for a long time. Love all those. Those are all really, really good. Uh, I, I agree. For my most uh, memorable moment, I, I had Raekwon Battle uh, scoring, uh, I think, it was 27 or 28 points in the NCAA tournament against Kansas State. So often when you cover the Big Sky or you follow the Big Sky, when the Big Sky team goes into the big dance, you want to be cautiously optimistic, but it's very clear right away that the whatever power five opponent that that year's Big Sky champion has drawn is just going to drill the, the Big Sky champion. They're just going to run him off the court, and you hope it doesn't get embarrassing. But there's only been a few times when there was an individual performance where you're like, oh, my gosh, that guy's one of the best guys on the court. Raekwon Battle was certainly uh, one of those. 
uh, in that game against Kansas State. I mean, he, he totally belonged on the court. He was one of the best players on the court, and now he's headed to the Big 12. Uh, my most memorable, uh, or excuse me, my most impressive accomplishment uh, in the college basketball season was this Montana State being able to to equal their success of what was uh, a Cinderella season when Danny Sprinkle led Montana State to their first NCAA tournament since 1996 to return so much and then run it back and to have that season include sweeping the Grizz for the first time in more than a decade and then eventually advancing to the second consecutive NCAA tournament in uh, Bobcat men's basketball history. That in itself, um, as Keaton Glogley said in the, in the moment that then became viral when it was part of the, uh, the CBS preview show, this is the golden age of Bobcat basketball. It truly was the best bas- back-to-back seasons the Cats have ever had. And to, to follow up your greatest season with another great season, is it's it's just so hard to do, especially this day and age with the transfer portal and the egos and, and all the things that go into it. So my most impressive was uh, Danny Sprinkle and the Bobcats going back-to-back. Yeah, I think that's right as a whole. I mean, it's what we talk about all the time in terms of professional sports, but it's almost harder to keep things together and to win the second one than it is to win the first one, right? Because we, we always talk about the disease of more and, and people wanting more touches, more glory, uh, more more individual accomplishments. Uh, so for Danny Sprinkle to sort of cement the team that he built, it's impressive to build the team. It's even more impressive to, to win again with that team. Uh, and I thought the way they did it was pretty impressive as well. You know, Eastern Washington sort of ran away with the regular season conference title. But I think in the in the conference tournament, it was clear that Montana State was the, the best, the most experienced team, the team that had been there before. And they played, you know, three relatively close games in the conference tournament. They didn't run away with that conference championship game against Northern Arizona, even though Northern Arizona was was the huge underdog in that game. But just being able to, to get it done and get back to the mountaintop is such an impressive accomplishment. No doubt. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, uh, the es- uh, ESPN, uh, excuse me, the ESPN MT app and SWX Montana Television. This is our ESPN roundtable. A lot of ESPNs in there. You know, we like to keep the brand tight. <laughs> keep reminding you what you're listening to. Uh, how about on the women's side? I mean, to me, the most memorable moment from the women's side of college basketball was, uh, I actually think it's one of the more more memorable moments of my career covering women's college basketball. And it was sort of just the finality of the end of an era at Montana State. At the same time, it was like, it was like apropos, predictable, and completely unpredictable all at the same time that Darian White and Cola Badbear and that group of Montana State seniors would lose to Portland State and their zone, and it was so reminiscent of when the Splash sisters, Michaela Ferenz and Taylor Pierce, lost to Portland State in the Big Sky Tournament. But but I remember walking off a press row and going and standing behind the Bobcat bench, and um, it's moments like that that make me feel like sometimes our job is is exploitative, and I don't like that. But also the chronicling of a history is important and the expression of emotion is real. And I, I was I was behind the Bobcat bench because I wanted to get a video of Darian White coming off the floor in her hometown of Boise and giving a hug to Trisha Binford at the end. But watching that and watching it happen in real time and, and then having it sort of sink in that this gal, Darian White, who's been so gracious with her time and has been so good to us and was so fun to watch, certainly... Um, 
you know, I know there was a lot of back and forth, and maybe Darian White's coming back, and maybe she's going to the portal or whatever. You could see it in your in your with your heart and soul right there in that moment that that was the last moment you'd see Darian White on a basketball court for Montana State. And I, to me, it's a moment we'll never forget because I just thought that you know it's rare these days to have this opportunity to truly be a championship contender for the the whole four years that a, a class is there. And the Cats were, and then it, it doesn't have a storybook ending. It ends abruptly short. And uh, I, I don't know. It's like we always talk around around here. That's what sports are all about because sometimes you don't win. Sometimes it's not the storybook. Sometimes it's completely heart-wrenching. But if you learn from it, grow from it, that's that's the the lesson in it all. But I thought it was pretty definitive, The my most memorable moment of women's hoops. Yeah, I think that's right, and, and you just covered it really nicely. So I won't say anything more about um, that moment other than to say that the, yeah, that entire game, watching that game slip away from them in the second half was really memorable. For me, another one that I'd throw in, just sort of uh, Montana's slide at the end of the season where it looked yeah. like they had turned the corner and then you know, lost a really close game to Idaho State, lost a really close game in Bozeman, lost in overtime at Portland State after struggling so hard to be able to get to Portland. Uh, that was really memorable for me just because it sort of reinforced the notion that this team that has so much potential and so much talent still had another level or another couple levels even to to get to and, and sort of maybe most epitomized by that one-point loss in Missoula to Idaho State, the old fading contender, but sort of the, the gatekeeper, and, and the Grizz weren't able to answer the challenge. So I'll remember that game for a long time as well. Uh, most impressive for me to take it back to Montana State, beating South Dakota State in the non-conference. Yep, I mean Montana State had a nice non-conference last year. They won several games against uh, Mountain West and and also uh, Summit League opponents, and uh, certainly that that was uh, that was one of their marquee wins last year, no doubt about it. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. You had to know we were going to do this. We were going to dance around it and then not have enough time to do it. So we'll do some football, most memorable and most impressive moments from the college ranks, uh, probably sometime next week. In the meantime, the NBA Finals are underway. Game three coming up tonight in Miami. And the Stanley Cup Finals are underway as well. And uh, Vegas has been red hot so far out to a 2-0 lead over the Florida Panthers. The next game for the Stanley Cup Finals coming up tomorrow uh, from Miami. So uh, Miami, the hot spot of the pro sports world here these next couple days. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey co-head coach and our go-to guy when it comes to talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. He'll join us next in studio. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It was a really late night last night. I was uh, getting all the artwork off the walls, moving all the heavy furniture. We're doing a big painting project inside the house. And then I was just so juiced up after doing that all the way until one in the morning, decided I'm just going to make the show right now. So we were listening to some deep tracks, a little in excess for you here uh, on your Wednesday. Welcome back. It's Now ESPN Radio, SWX by Television. 
and the ESPN MT app. Time now for our Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Stanley Cup finals are rolling. No better place to watch hockey here in Missoula, whether it's Grizz hockey, going there before and after the games, or to watch the games in general, or the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Despo will always have it on for you. They also have the best wings in the city of Missoula. We got a dozen wings for you right now. Call us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number four. We got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So call right now, 888-1029. In studio with me, Mike Anderson, the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team, and uh, kind enough to join us weekly here on Nuanas now to break down uh, all things Stanley Cup uh, playoffs and now into the Stanley Cup Finals. What's up, man? How did uh, how things go? I know you guys had a busy couple last couple weeks with prospects in town and stuff, so how's things going on the Grizz hockey front? Uh, the prospect camp went really well. I had about 24 kids from across the country and a couple from Canada come down and a lot of good, a lot of good times, a lot of fun. Got some commitments out of it. That we're pretty excited about, and some other ones we're hoping to hear from soon. And they've been our little Grizz. That was really fun too. Nice after school camp with the kids from U8 to U12. That went really well too. So, so it was a long week, uh, two camps in a row. I would not suggest, but it was. Fun. <laughs> well, good, and, and it's cool to see the Grizz uh, hockey name continue to spread in the program. Uh, continuing to grow. We'll be uh, carrying Grizz Hockey once again once uh, late September, early October rolls around, and we're excited about that here at ESPN Radio. Um, the uh, the Florida Panthers scored the first goal of the Stanley Cup playoffs, or the Stanley Cup finals, excuse me, and uh, looked like they were in a little bit of control about, for the first about 20 minutes, and then an onslaught began, and then Vegas just pretty much hasn't stopped scoring since then uh, to the tune of 12 goals uh, over the last two games for the Knights, and uh, Las Vegas leads two to nothing. So, what have you thought of the Stanley Cup Finals so far? I think Vegas has looked really good. Really good. I like, mean, once they turned yeah. the tide, they were just just. I mean, the way that they closed that game uh, in Game One was it was impressive. Yeah, they're they're rolling right now. I I feel for Carolina having, you know, Bobrovsky only lets up seven goals in their four games. He's already let up oh, nine or ten or whatever right. it is in this series. Um, I don't even think any of it's been his fault. I just think. There's a bit of a regression to the mean. He hit such an unreal run. Things yeah. are going to kind of dip. Right. But ultimately, Vegas has generated better chances more consistently through having better possession of the puck and getting pucks to the high slot and getting better shots off. Florida has played this sort of chaotic game that's relied on really good goaltending and, and uh, you know, sort of volume. We're just going to throw things on net and crash and hit and, and create chaos. And chaos is good but it doesn't always bring results, and I think they're starting to see that right now. There's also the the factor here where, and both of these teams are sort of fledgling teams that have very little Stanley Cup experience, but Florida has now never won a Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals game. It's only been six games where they got swept the last time they were in the Finals, and now they're down 2 nothing. So, uh, I mean, is that a real thing? Is, is that something they can get in the heads of a team? I don't think so. I don't, I mean, you're so caught up in the moment when you're playing sports. You're not really right. thinking about the big picture. I think afterwards they might be like, oh, geez, now we're 0-8. Like, that would be sure. That'd be a lot. But I don't know. I don't think anything from 1996 is affecting this team now. For sure. I just think it's just a funny anecdote. Like, oh, that's interesting. It, it is interesting. Uh, Mike Anderson joining us in studio here. Some Stanley Cup uh, finals talk. Um, 
we t- have talked about all the factors that go into making a real run at a Stanley Cup, and and I think that Vegas has really showed off several of those factors, including this the, the momentum they've built throughout the playoffs. But now they seem like they're sort of peaking at the right time. Yeah, and this is what's always cracked me up is there's always like. You need your top players to score goals, but you also need your bottom guys to score goals. You need to have a hot goalie, but you can't rely on your goalie. There's all these sort of right. – because it's random, people are trying to attach things to it. Sure. But ultimately, Vegas has four lines that can play. Mm-hmm. They have six D they can roll out, and Aiden Hill has been a good goalie. That's why they're winning because they can just roll four lines. They're not super concerned with matchups. They have top and talent in Stone and Eichel yep. and Marchessault. And uh, Carlson and Smith are good, you know, supplementary forwards. They have great defense. And Hayhill, out of nowhere, this is what goaltending is voodoo. Goaltending is hockey times a thousand. <laughs> right. Like the randomness of hockey is perfectly encapsulated by goaltending. You never know. The two goalies playing right now weren't even the starters at any point in the year. Like it's just Vegas was it's Robin crazy. Laner. That's who they had. They signed him. They, he was their guy. And then now Aiden Hill, they got for a fourth rounder from San Jose on a whim, like randomly. Like imagine an yeah, NFL. Uh, I, I know it's not the proper parallel quarterbacks to goalies, but like imagine an NFL team getting to the playoffs and then benching their quarterback and playing the backup or any pivotal position in sports. It's it's, it's just crazy, right? Like imagine having the the most important position in a game and you just take out the guy that is your starter all year long and put it somebody else in. That's just totally unorthodox. I, I would argue that the quarterback, this is a little off topic, is the most overrated position in all of sports as far as impact on a game. Uh, I, hey, you're it's preaching, super important, you're but preaching it the is like here. way overblown. Oh, that is a Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Okay, so it, it can't be that <laughs> important. Brock Purdy was the last guy drafted. Right. And like you just have to have a good structure on you need a good quarterback, but I don't think you need like a great one if you have a good roster. Anyways, goaltending is kind of similar like, as you were alluding to. Yeah. But it's so much more random. Totally. And you think about all that goes into a shot coming to the net. Right. If all goalies say is, I can be in good positioning. And then you're kind of just hoping, <laughs> just hoping this puck that's going 90 miles per hour hits you. <laughs> and if it 90. doesn't, okay. Like you watch like big <laughs> saves a lot. Like he'll have that incredible one. Yeah. Where he dove across with his stick. Yeah. But all the shooter had to do was shoot in the three feet where his stick wasn't. And he right. didn't. He didn't. So it was a great right. save. But like how much of it was, you know, that's why you always, that's why you don't quit. But you watch saves where the puck tips. Watch next time you're watching, they show a tip save. Yeah. The goalie will move after, and the, oh, big save! And the goalie's like this. Puck hits its pad, then he goes this way, and it's like, right. well, he didn't save. Like it just hit it him. It just hit him. <laughs> but that's and then there's games where that doesn't happen. It goes in. Like oh, what's wrong with the goalie? Like, right. Nothing's wrong with the goalie. This game's just cruel and random. <laughs> totally. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Uh, game three, then coming up tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Uh, you can catch the action on TNT. Uh, the first of the of the Stanley Cup Finals that's in Miami. So, uh, I mean, this is an absolutely pivotal one if, if you're the Florida Panthers, right? Yeah, the Panthers have to win this game. Uh, I I think they will just because they're going to have a lot of, of energy. I think they're going to come back and play high-octane, chaotic hockey and and Vegas doesn't have their back against the wall right now. And so I think that's going to come out to a victory. But I wouldn't be surprised with a sweep either, to be honest. I think Vegas has demoralized a team that's been playing on emotion yep. and on, on energy and belief and just having a good time. I like mean, do you think, did you think in game two that, that Vegas uh, really wanted to ring it up to for that oh, exact yeah. reason? Oh, 
you got to. They could have beat them 5 2, but they beat them 7 2 to make sure that they really demoralized. We talk about that Algaris hockey is that killer instinct and like. And uh, in, in more terms that aren't appropriate for radio, like, <laughs> you have to end someone's existence. Yeah, you have right. to demoralize them, especially in a series, because now they're going to be really questioning, can we even play with these guys? They just absolutely dummied us, and they didn't do it by beating us up. They didn't do it by anything but scoring goals on us, and that's very demoralizing. Is there any adjustment that Florida could make or needs to make, or, or is it just a matter of just not giving up seven goals? I don't think they'll give up that many again in the rest of the series. It was a bit of an anomaly, but they keep giving up shots, especially off the rush that I noticed far side because they're 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 playing too aggressive and they're losing their shape. So it's kind of if you ever watch like high end soccer, it's all about the shape on defense. Mm-hmm. And hockey's somewhat similar, especially on entries. You can't overload one side. Because what Vegas will do, they want to enter with the puck. So they'll get to the blue line a lot and kind of stop and curl. And they're looking far side. At least four or five times last game, they hit that extra forward or fourth D coming in right in wide open space. And Florida cannot keep doing that. Because they didn't give up a ton of shots, but they gave up some pretty high-end chances that they just left their goalies out to dry on. So they have to protect the front of the net better. What that looks like... Um, just staying behind pucks, not getting too far out on breakouts, but that's what they do. They want to get pucks up ice quick and attack. And so I don't know. Tactically, I'd probably keep doing what they've been doing to get to the Cup Finals and not let one game totally alter their plan. You mentioned that you think Florida has to win this. If they don't, is this series just effectively over? I would say so. Yeah, a gentleman's sweep. Sure. It's, it's, it's right, but yeah. it's they're, they're going to have a basically impossible time to come back and actually win. Yeah, and I, and I think it's because Vegas isn't overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah, they seem very like we're just it's like a business trip almost. Like they're here to get this done and win. And Florida seemed to be, and they even said it like we're excited to be here. We're going to enjoy this. And Vegas seems far more like we're here to win the cup. Like this isn't about like a good time. This is about. You know, I always talk about fun versus fulfillment. Sure. I think Florida's trying to have fun. Yeah. Vegas is trying to have a full meal. And, yeah. you know, Florida's cotton candy. Vegas is a full steak. And they're trying to have a, a big moment out of this versus just enjoying it. Thursday night, 6 p.m., game three. The Las Vegas Knights lead the Florida Panthers 2 to nothing. Uh, the game four will be Saturday from Miami. That would also puck drop at uh, 6 p.m. And then we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we make it out of the weekend. Uh, by the next time we talk next Wednesday, we might have a Stanley Cup champion or we might uh, have the Stanley Cup finals ongoing. But either way, Mike will be back for at least one more week here uh, on the Nuanas now for our Stanley Cup uh, preview. Anything else uh, to, to add before we get you out of here? You know, not really. I think it's been a lot of fun coming and doing this. Yeah, I think it's been great. It's, it's been a good series. I think the last game was halfway through, got a little bit like, oh, geez. Yeah. But I, I think game three is going to be worth the watch. I think Florida's going to come out absolutely flying. And if they aren't in the first 10, if they don't dominate the first 10, this series is done. Like, if they're on their heels and they're overwhelmed by the moment, it's over. So, that's my opinion. Well, we will see what happens uh, this upcoming weekend. Every Wednesday, you can find it right here on ESPN Radio during Nuana's Now Free Wings and Stanley Cup Playoffs talk as we're now into the Stanley Cup Finals. Thanks for being here, buddy. Always. Thanks. We'll get you set up for next week because we're going on vacation. 
maybe some NBA Finals talk as well. Game three from the uh, from Miami uh, in Miami, excuse me, tonight after the Heat stole Game Two. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio Missoula. Let's see how my poll is doing. You want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. You can also follow us on our social media accounts. We've got a great ESPN uh, MT Facebook page. We've got an ESPN Twitter page. We have an ESPN Instagram page that we're really trying to grow. we got about 300 new Instagram followers this week, so appreciate you if you uh, have uh, signed up to... to Observe our content and uh, check out what's going on around here uh, at ESPN Radio. But I was sitting down at the uh, at at uh, I, I was walking back home from my lunch meeting today and uh, swung by at a Sportsbet Montana kiosk because I wanted to p- place a little wager on tonight's game between the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat, the NBA Finals game three. And I was looking at the line, and I was like, you know what? For the first time, all playoffs, I really I really just don't know. I don't know which way I'm leaning. The Heat, a Herculean effort, an unbelievable effort to steal Game 2 in Denver. One of the most unlikely wins I can remember uh, in the playoffs. And the Heat have had a lot of them this playoffs. The Heat have been trailing by eight or more points going into the fourth quarter nine different times in this NBA playoffs. And they've won four of those games. The rest of the NBA is 1-45 in those situations this year during the playoffs. So the Heat have been great in terms of closing out games and being good at the end of games. Conventional wisdom would say that the Heat uh, definitely, that they emptied the tank to win game two, so they're going to have a hard time in game three. That said, they've been great at home. They've shot the ball so well at home. And tonight in Miami, with the series tied 1-1, the Heat are three-and-a-half-point underdogs on Sportsbet Montana. The Nuggets, the favorites uh, on the road. So I didn't know what to do, so I put a poll on uh, on my personal Twitter, at Coulter underscore Nuanez. You can go vote in that poll. You can go check it out. Uh, where are we at? Nuggets minus three-and-a-half, Heat plus three-and-a-half. Thanks to our friends at Sportsbet Montana for their continued support of uh, all of our NBA playoffs conversations throughout this uh, next couple weeks. I, I, for the first time all year, I'm I'm sort of stunned. You know, I, I, the Heat made the right adjustments and also shot the ball well enough in Game Two. I mean, the Heat are always a really hard team to bet against because they've just popped up and freaked out a couple times this playoffs, where they just go hit 18 threes, they just go shoot 55 percent from beyond the arc. How are you going to beat a team like that when guys that are playing? The guys that are just okay players are playing so far above their heads. I, I don't know how you combat it, but I also don't really know how you predict it. That's why the Heat are so hard to get a gauge on because I just don't know. Seems like every time you got a beat on them, I mean, it, it, here's the deal. Uh, one of the, my favorite gambling uh, commentators was saying this. Let's say the Heat mess around to win the NBA championship. If you were to go through all the point spreads that the Heat faced this year and how many times they were underdogs, including big-time underdogs. Like, game one, they were nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Game two, they are eight-and-a-half-point dogs. The total cumulative number of points 
<laughs> that the Heat have had to overcome is astounding. Yet here they are, tied one to one in the NBA Finals. And, and you, you know, is it a sign of disrespect that the Heat are dogs tonight coming off that win, or is it a sign of rationality? I don't know. Andrew, what do you think? What do you think of the Heat being dogs in Game 3 here at home in Miami? I think, you know, I think Las Vegas is just about as confused as we are on this one because it's, really, so. it's a really interesting spot. What I'm waiting to see is a little bit what I talked about before the series. Eric Spolstra made the right adjustments in Game 2. I think that they, you know, having the extra day now in the NBA Finals to prepare, to game plan... Uh, I think Eric Spolster and the Heat really came out really well in Game 2. Now does Michael Malone, are the Nuggets able to to sort of absorb what they learned in Game 2 and come back out and make those adjustments and adjust back to the Heat in Game 3? And I'm not sure if we're going to be able to see that because, um, you know, I said before the series that Michael Malone has really been able to see all the different things that teams can throw at Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. That's true, but they haven't really been a, they haven't really had to to make these adjustments in the series yet because they've got two sweeps and they lost the two road games in the Phoenix series, but that was just because, you know, Devin Booker was unconscious for a couple games and they came back and closed that game out with closed that series out with two more wins. This is one of the the few times, I mean, it's their first home loss in the playoffs was game two. This is one of the first times when I think we really need to see what Michael Malone and what the rest of the, the Nuggets can do uh, adjusting back to somebody that's punched them in the mouth. So I'm not sure if we're going to see that tonight. I, it's really our first opportunity to see it in, the, in these playoffs. Uh, so that's why I'd be a little bit uncertain on it, too. If you ask me what I'm going to do, I might just sit this one out. I don't really know. That's what Sean Rainey of SWX Montana Television just tweeted at me, that I should just sit it out and uh, not place a bet on the, the results. And I think that might be what I do. I, I, I still – the other part that's been mystifying is the Nuggets are one of the great offensive teams in, in, in you know, certainly in the current NBA. But, I mean, they are a transcendent offensive team in the history of the NBA. They are a, a, excellent, outstanding offensively. They have been so fun to bet the total for, both as an individual team and the total of their games, because they're such a high-scoring team. Well, guess what? I bet the over in Game 1 and Game 2, and the under hit both times. So I don't know where to go with the total either. Sean says, bet the first half under, so that might be an interesting selection. But I might just sit this one out and then see what happens. After watching this one, I'll have a better idea how the next one goes. So, uh, I don't know. But I think that the, the Miami Heat deserve all the credit in the world and then some for turning this series on its head and, and for uh, all the pundits had the Nuggets up 2-0 going into this game, including yours truly. That has not been the case. The series is 1-1 going back to Miami tonight. The NBA Finals will tip at 6-30. We are out. We're off for the week. We'll be back at it on uh, Monday. So we'll see you then. I'm going to go enjoy myself some time in the Midwest. I Hopefully you have a phenomenal weekend. If you miss anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by goblackfoot.com, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Be good. See you next week. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear 
at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.